you'll be able to confidently say that you have seen a miracle. I'm standing right here. In August, Pastor Scout came down from the pulpit in the middle of his message. I'm reading this because I don't want to miss and forget things. Right to our seats. We were sitting right back here. He said, this year, God has given me a word for you too. This year, your lives will change drastically. Your finances, your private life, your public life, and your ministry will explode in growth like you have never imagined. This year. December 25th. My family's last Christmas together as a family because on December 26th, mother moved into Cedar Ridge Assisted Living. December 27th, we went to the Sioux to get tools for the orphanage in Guatemala. Katya met us at Walmart to receive them and to carry them to Grand Rapids because Anya had already left. They went as far as Grand Rapids and then from there to Guatemala. And she carried the stuff with her. On the way home, going south on M129 at uh, Warner's or Raynard's, there by the big white barn, the driver's side rear wheel, axle, and all the brake parts sheared off. At 55 miles an hour, we are now taking all of the road like a giant wobbling toboggan. First time on the drive without oncoming traffic. On three wheels, no brakes, sparks shooting up over the top of the fender. When it happened, we had just crested a hill. The car speeded up. One half to a mile later, we slowed down enough to get on the shoulder and then stop. Kathy, we don't use a radio in our car. Kathy reads the Bible. Kathy was reading the Bible to me. She just kept on reading until we stopped. <laughs> Amazing focus. <laughs> Tina Green pulled up beside us as we came to a halt, like right there immediately. She dodged our smoking parts on the road and, and uh, was right there. We threw our stuff into her car, put our wheel into our car's trunk, and hopped in with her, back on the road with no delay. She took us into Cedarville to pick up our paycheck from the church. They won't let us clean for free. Then over to the grocery store to cash it. Pastor Scout was there, so we went to tell him and Hope about our wild ride we had survived. He listened, then asked, well, how will we get our car home? We were just happy to have survived the event and did not know. <laughs> he said call the towing company and have them call him. He would pay for it. $125 towing bill covered. Thank you. Before the car got home, our friend Bill called to tell us to come and get his four-wheel drive truck so we'd have wheels until our car was fixed. The phone rang again. Ryan Stevens said, I have a car all fixed up. It's yours. Thank you, Lord, again. The phone rang again. Our cousins, Sean and Debbie, from Hesperia calling. We have a GMC Yukon. It's yours. Wow. A vehicle to use and two to own, and our broken car is not home yet. <laughs> December 28th. We got a ride to Bill's and brought his truck home, parked it by the house door with the key in the ignition. When night came, we went to bed. December 29th, 4.23 a.m. I woke up at 4.23 again this morning. Kathy had heard something fall and opened her eyes to flames two foot high coming up through the floor between the chimney and the bathroom and the top of the stairs. At her cry of fire, I woke up. Our Mastiff Frenchie, and our two teacup poodles, Skippy and Harley, and our cat were already dead from the smoke. Frenchie sleeps on the bed between our legs. 
the same level. If you know fire, the same level, the same air, and the same body mass. Frenchie was sleeping on the bed between our feet. I jumped over the flames and handed Kathy the pitch of water, pitcher of water from the edge of the bathtub. When she threw it on the flames, they went out. But the smoke rolling out of the floor was very vigorous and powerful. Something big was behind it. We've got to get out now. I was standing on the boards that were just on fire, and it did not burn my feet. And it did not burn the hair off my legs when I passed through the fire. For all the smoke everywhere, it did not touch us. Our eyes did not burn. We did not choke. Every breath was cool, fresh air. The 91st Psalm, God says that uh, if you choose to love me, I'll send my angel to wrap his wings around you and cover you with his feathers. All the way down the stairs and past the fire in the ceiling, we only have one way out of the house. We walked inside a bubble of fresh air. At the door, Kathy never smelled like smoke for three days till she got her first chance to get a bath. At the door, I told Kathy to get in Bill's truck and get it started. It was very cold. Five degrees to five below, the fire department's hoses kept freezing. When the door opened, air rushed into the house. Because you relive it when you tell it again. Except you don't have all the adrenaline to help. And the backdraft blew. From a spot by the chimney, the flames now covered the ceiling and top of the walls all the way past the piano and my guitars, only eight feet away. I was plotting on the guitar when I sent her to the truck. Just the one. I sprang into the house intent on retrieving my 1990 collector's Searings ovation, bird's eye maple guitar. I got there, made one grab, and did not feel a guitar case, and knew I did not have another grab in me. It was no way a full second. The skin on my back and head burst into flames. I lit up the yard when I came out of the house. When I rolled the stove, the yard became dark again. There was no mistake in what was happening. I was in the truck so quickly, Kathy had no idea I had been in the house. We were both naked and without glasses. We had escaped with only our lives and my teeth, because I don't take them out. <laughs> As I was spinning the tires away from the house, Kathy says to me, so how do you feel now, Job? I said, just like him. One quarter mile out the driveway and one quarter mile to the Crawfords. We could not have walked that and, and come out of it alive or with toes. I drove right up on their porch by their bedroom window. Kathy had found Bill's DNR coat in the truck and put it on. Bill is half my size. He's tiny. But his coat wrapped around and covered Kathy's entire upper body, all the way down to her thighs, saving her the embarrassment of going in the neighbor's house naked. My 350-pound neighbor gave me his sweatpants, and the waistband held them up. It made me laugh. Burned up or not, that was funny. <laughs> Two days before, God had put the information in front of us on Facebook that mustard French's right out of the fridge was good for burns. It's cold, not frozen. It stays where you put it, and you can pile it up on a hot spot. I bumped the stove putting a block in and got an inch and a half brand, so I tried it. It worked very well. When my head and back caught fire, we used that knowledge. 
Kathy ripped the top off the bottle of the neighbor's mustard and poured it on my head and shoulders and back, then smeared it all over the burned areas. I felt very hot, but the mustard felt cool. It prevented the burn from going deeper. It did not heal and restore the charred skin and flesh. God did that. I've met two people since that were in the emergency room. One was a lady running the till at Walmart, and she had seen my back and knew that's exactly what it was. The other one had just heard them speaking the degree of burns, and she thought to herself, oh, he's not going to make it. She didn't know it was me. That didn't matter, but she didn't know it was me. My dear, uh, yeah, God, God restored that flesh. My dear friend Janet Campbell was the ambulance tech. She's been doing this for 40 years. She knows what she's looking at. I see in her eyes that she does not know that I will live. I told her, Janet, it's okay. God's got this. I'm going to be fine. I can't wait to hug her. When they put me on the plane to Flint, I was burned on 40% of my body, second and third degree. When I arrived at Hurley Burn Center, I had burns on 13% of my body, second degree only. I never got a single skin graft. I had received six months of healing on a one-hour plane ride. I got a clue that it was serious when Kathy asked if she could go with me on the plane. The ambulance crew from War Memorial all said no, but the pilot said, get in. She was with me and allowed to stay in my room through the first three days. I remember hearing my blood pressure once, 239 over 175. Apparently, death stalked me closely for three full days. Violent chills and shakes would take me often. Piles of warmed blankets would eventually restore the ability to lie quiet again. The spells were very taxing to my strength. Four times, Kathy saw me turn gray in the hospital. She didn't tell me. She just held up amazingly under such pressure. She's an awesome woman. I could eat or drink almost nothing for three days. I had a lot of tubes and clamps hooked to monitors and the wall. They couldn't find any blood in my veins because they were all flat. Usually you can throw a dart at me and get a vein. The burns had sucked all the moisture out of me. They finally got an IV in my bicep. A few bags of liquid in me really helped. Then my nerves woke up. Boy, howdy. Then they asked me if I'd like a shower. I said, oh, that sounds great, until the water hit me. I think Flint has a little extra chlorine in their water, too. I, I found a way to hold my hand and, and, and slow it down and just dribble on me, and oh, that, that was all right. And, I saw the soap I thought, well, it must be burn-friendly soap. I was mistaken. Of all my trips to the hospital, I have multiple broken bones at a time, surgeries. I have never pulled the chain. I pulled the chain. The nurse took one look at me shaking in the shower chair. She says, I'll be right back. The next time I saw her, she says, we're going to put you to sleep to do this. Oh, yay. The last time I was awake to be debreed or scraped with a lawn rake, oh, they said it was a little sponge, but I disagree. They had a second, oh, I got to squeezing on the handles of the chair and blew the IV port right out of my arm. They had a second one on my other arm already by then. When I found out that the monitors could be unhooked, 
and I could walk around the burn unit pushing my IV cart, I did so often. I saw on the big board that my degree of severity was a three. So I went around praying on everyone I encountered because they were a six, a seven, or even 10 or 11. They were hurting and they were scared. I looked like an escaped mummy. Patients, doctors, nurses, visitors, I prayed for them all. I would stop outside the door of their room or the room they were getting skinned in and pray for God's hand on them to remove their pain and heal them at a supernatural rate for their heart, for their families, for their salvation. The power of the Holy Spirit was very present. When I became a four, they moved me to a different room. I now had a roommate. At 2 a.m. on New Year's Eve, a gangbanger died of his gunshot wounds. His 15 to 20 visitors went crazy, loudly screaming and hollering and accusing the nurses. The police took four of them under arrest, got a gun from one in the hospital. They were two doors down from, from the room, and that, that next morning I sent Kathy to go, go with someone else and spend the night elsewhere. With all the alarms going off and confusion, I raised my hands and began to pray in tongues. Ten minutes later, all was very quiet. The angry, grieving people were gone. Only the nurses remained. I went to and asked if I could pray on them. They gathered around as I laid hands on the one I saw as most traumatized and prayed for them all. There was an anointing somehow. As my concern for others kept my mind off my own pain. God is good. And he is a very present help in times of trouble. Hallelujah. It was about the same time. I lose track of days in there. You think you know all the days, and then it just comes a blur. It was about the same time as the shower incident, so I thought my nerves waking up was a setback because my number got higher. Looking for my new room, I realized my old room was a surgical room. It kept me in an operating room the first three days, and that the two on either side were also operating rooms. I eventually figured out that one was the worst degree of severity. And as a three, I had been, along with one other three, the most damaged person in the unit. Most had been there for many weeks and months. I walked out, by God's mercy, on the fifth day. My checkup on day nine was, you are completely healed. Dorn, yeah, show some pictures. This first slide is uh, the first day after I got there. And uh, you can't see all my cool bandages because I got pajamas on, but I was really proud of the turban. I looked like a Q-tip. My brother brought me white shoes. <laughs> and, uh, and as you see the next slide, this is my five-day bandage they sent me home with. And I heard them say the name of the stuff it was made out of, and I thought, I've heard that word before. Where have I heard that word before? And then I got to look at it and said, oh, it's the gray stuff. I had covered every single wall surface of my house with this gray insulation and then put drywall or the outside of the house all with metal. But it was the same stuff to help burn me was my bandage. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. You look for a laugh when you, when you really need one. 
And then uh, that's uh, a close-up of my neck. It has those stripes because I was bent down to grab the guitar case when, uh, when I burst into flames. The next one, this is, this is on the ninth day as I'm in there to get this bandage removed. And I, I asked God on the way there, please, Lord, make this time feel good. Because every other time it felt really not good. And it was so awesome. The next, yeah, that's, that's my bandages. Uh, and my head had been on fire, too. That's the longest my hair has been in over 10 years. So someone said, boy, it burned your head bad. It almost looks like hair. I said, it is, because I couldn't cut it. There you start to see what it looked like when they pulled those bandages off. And again, this, it felt like scales falling off. They, they fell all over the floor. They clattered like, like uh, potato chips. And I thought of the Apostle Paul and the scales that fell off his, off his eyes. There, that's a good one. I called it crocodile skin. <laughs> But uh, the whole back side of my head and the top of my head, down my neck and my back had been on fire. And normally it takes six months or longer to get healed to that point. Go ahead and pass through the next one. Just kind of, and then they're starting to see it healed up. This is, uh, I'm not sure where I was or how, how uh, long it, but each as it shows uh, the healing, it just, amazing. It doesn't hurt to touch it, and uh, it's like, God, give me baby skin. And twice a day, Kathy still has to put, my, my new prescription is hand cream with no fragrance, and two years of sunblock, white shirts, and a hat. I can do that. It just... It's just, just, it looks like a sunburn, and it's really, really amazing. Pretty quick, we're going to hit what my friend Jeremy Crawford went and took a picture of. When I saw that picture, I've gone out of my way to see buildings burn many, many times. I have never seen a fire like that, that obscured the entire building that was burning. This house is wrapped in steel. There's steel, a steel roof, and every wall is covered with steel on the outside of the entire house. All I could think was the devil was really mad that he didn't get me. When I saw that picture, that was what hit me in my spirit. And now what's left, there's our wood pile, eight feet from the house, never burned a stick. So now we get to sell it. It didn't even burn the scruffy part of the house we didn't live in. That's me out there in the middle trying to find the fire safe. When my friend told me the fourth time I searched for it, I'm looking for a box. He says, you know, they line the inside of it between the layers with concrete. I said, oh, I found it. I've been pushing these chunks of concrete out of the way off the, off the slab by the stove trying to find it. Well, that was it. It proudly announced that it was good for up to 7,000 degrees. It wasn't up to that fire. My 45 melted. There was all that was left was the barrel. Uh, my deer rifle with a real, it's an old one, with a real heavy barrel, leaned against the wall, it bent the barrel just lean, leaning against the wall. 
They burnt the top off a jug of antifreeze and a jug of windshield washer fluid, but they were still full. <laughs> but uh, it didn't hurt any of any. It only burned the house. Our, only our most treasured possessions, which we left without a, a single glance back. We were so grateful to have our lives that the stuff meant nothing, and it still means nothing. I, I do miss the albums because uh, we had recorded, what, 16 or 17 albums, and all, all our records and all our uh, sheet music and everything burned up in our sound system, all the things that we used to minister. But God is awesome because he has replaced every single thing that we treasured. And we literally, when we drove away, we did not look back. But God is awesome. On December 29th, 2017, our lives ended. We consider ourselves dead on that day because there's no reason, physical reason, that we should have ever woke up or ever been surrounded by cool, fresh outdoor air in the middle of a smoke-filled house. When Kathy stood there, she did not feel the flames were this high. She didn't feel the heat standing right next to them. And that little pitcher of water would not put the fire out. But that moment, it did. It was just like a brand. Wait, I missed some. Our lives ended that day. We serve God with vigor and gratitude. Our animals in the house must not be part of God's plan for us now, for He to save them in a supernatural way as well. When our stuff all burnt, we had $95. Twelve hours later, standing in a foreign country of Flint, Michigan, Kathy had $1,000 in her hand. The outpouring of love from every direction has been so overwhelming to us. We never asked for help for anything. I'm a little bit proud in some ways, and maybe God's helped me with that. We like to go help other people, but never ask for any help. We didn't ask this time either. They just come. The outpouring of love in every direction has been so overwhelming to us. You always hope that your friends, your neighbors, your community really do love you. They really do have your back. Then they get the opportunity and they prove it. It's uh, really awesome and it's very humbling. We're so humbled and so blessed. On the first day in the hospital, we got a call from Margaret Dingman. We can live in her house. I don't know the name. Don't know the face. Neither does Kathy. Neither one of us know this woman. We recognize her husband when we get to meet them to get the keys and move in. That's when Kathy sees the sign in the window for sale on land contract. House, motel, garage, fenced yard, all of it. I've been praying about this and have peace. I've laid out my fleece. If the motel can make the payments, we're in. And I never wanted to be a dairy farmer. A motel is just like a dairy farm. It's 24-7, 365. But if that's the door God opens, that's where we go. So in my mind, we're already motel owners. They will tell us for sure by spring. The car. Some men from our churches looked at our new car and decided it had too many miles and was not good enough because we minister. They said, we have to have something better than that. So they sent Kevin Russell to the dealer auction to get one. He brought back a 2008 Chevy Trailblazer. 
straight six Vortec engine, four by four, auto trans, dark windows, sunroof, roof rack, trailer hitch, heated leather nine position seats, multi-CD player, which I don't know how to use, cruise control, individual climate control, and remote start. Kevin told us that's the first car he's ever bought used that had a remote start that worked. I told him that's confirmation of the spirit, brother. And room for our music equipment. If you delight yourselves in the ways of the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. We would never look at a car that had all the goodies on it because, oh, we just need something rusty that gets down the road. That's good enough for us. But God's ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We've been set free after 30 years of wood stove and house pets. We were on a 12-hour leash all winter and pet sitting nightmares year-round. It's easy to get someone to take care of the teacup poodles, but the Mastiff is a different story. They're not a little nervous to go in the house with the Mastiff. Now, we can shut the door and go. Also, we have a worthy ride to go where you point it. You don't have to be a prayer warrior to cross the bridge. We are excited to see what God has for us to do. The guitars. In 24 hours, both ovations, I had two of them, uh, had been replaced with a Washburn electric acoustic and a Court electric acoustic. The Court is curly maple, so now I have stripes instead of polka dots. My third guitar was not part of my heart, and I can't remember what it was. My cousin Brad Ormsby was purchasing one to give me. The lady selling the guitar heard his son mention my name. She asked if it was for Archie Reno. He said yes. She said no charge and gave him the guitar. I don't know who she is. We've since found out, but, uh, or what the guitar is. It's at my dad's house. I still don't know what it is because it has no markings on it. There are many more miracles and blessings that have taken place as a result of these events. I just can't remember them all. Our friends and neighbors on the Pickford and Cedarville Fire Department and the Pickford Ambulance Corps are totally traumatized by the memory of that morning. They knew he's gone for six months if he lives. They are aware of the complete, unexplainable, supernatural rate of my healing. God is awesome. And he'd do the same for you. Blessings. My brother Floyd was there on the first day. He made the two-hour trip from Grand Rapids several times. He took Kathy around to the Red Cross and other places to get those first things we urgently needed. Jamie and Anna Hamel were also there the first day on their way home from Florida. It was so good to see them and Caden, Kaylee, Chloe, and Lucy. When she saw me in my bandages, Lucy was afraid until I clacked my teeth at her. <laughs> then, then she was okay. Two other friends immediately got in their car from Sault Ste. Marie and drove to Flint to see if there was any way they could help. They got our track phone to work. Good thing, because I, I don't even use a phone. I used it for the first time last night, Kathy's new phone. On day two, oh wait, they took Kathy to the Salvation Army shopping for clothes. On day two, they took her to where they were staying for her first night of sleep on a bed and first bath since the fire. She never smelled of smoke. My oldest daughter, Elizabeth, got on a plane from Texas. I got to see her for the first time in five years. 
we got to meet our one-and-a-half-year-old grandson, Sullivan, for the first time. I even got to ride with them to the UP. I don't remember much of the ride, but it must have been great. <laughs> Jamie Hamel met us at the 134 exit and took me to their house for the next eight days to further recover. Kathy had caught a cold, so she came uh, up with friends and stayed with them for a couple days before joining me at the Hamels. Jamie and Anna moved in with their children, leaving their master bedroom and bath to us. What awesome, wonderful people, each and every one. Bob Cook is not a blessing only to the people in Brazil, but also to everyone in the five assisted living homes and wherever we minister with music. He bought us a complete, brand new sound system. God bless you, Bob. So many wonderful people helped us in so many ways. I can't remember them all to list them. Kathy carefully made a list. It's, a, it's pages. To everyone who gave of their belongings, money, and of their heart, holding us up in prayer, thank you so much. They even made a GoFundMe page in the name of Kathy Reno attached to the LCCF Facebook page and several other places. Thank you to Carrie Gravel and Davine. We are overwhelmed at the love poured out on us. We ask God in prayer to bless abundantly each and every one of you. And again, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Now my beautiful wife. Give me if I tear up a little bit. I think works a little bit better. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Hello, church family and fellow believers in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you all so much for your love, prayers, and generosity to us during this time of loss and new life. We praise God every day for rescuing us out of that fire from hell. We know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there is no explanation for what has transpired over the past six weeks, but God, he and his angels carried us safely through that fire. We came out not even smelling like smoke. We have been on an amazing and miraculous ride with our Lord holding us ever so lovingly in the palm of his hand. He continues to amaze us with his provision and the blessings he has poured out for us and continues to pour out. Our lives have changed so drastically, but that is what was and continues to be prophesied over us. We have been his faithful servants for many years, and he is now giving back to us more than we ever dreamed was possible. When Archie was in the hospital in Flint, a lady minister came to visit him. She and her husband met us in the visitor lounge in the burn unit and told us that they come there regularly to minister to the people there because he had been there over 30 years ago and was taken care of by them. She had a word from God for us, and it was so awesome. She wrote it down for us, and this is what she said. 2018 is a year of much restoration. He is going to turn your scars into stars. 
there will be an increase. Increase. Watch the Lord move. Travel with our God. He's going to rock your world and your life in the year ahead. Her words are confirmation of the Spirit because they are some of the same words that others have spoken over us before the fire and since. Three weeks after the fire, I attended an Aglow International gathering in the Sioux, and I was talking to one of the ladies before the program began. She was amazed by my testimony about the fire and all the miracles that God had done, and they asked me to share my testimony with the group. After my time was up and the speaker took the stage, she had a word for me. She said, while you were up speaking, I had a word for you, but I didn't feel like right then was the right time to speak of it because, it, because I was talking, she didn't want to interrupt. But after I finished speaking, she wanted to tell me what God told her to say to me. She continued, Father wants to say to you that, like the song we sang called Come Away With Me, that's exactly what he's been saying to you. Words of the song say, I have a plan for you. It's going to be wild, it's going to be great, and it's going to be full of me. <laughs> she also continued and said, the Lord says, you have cried out for a fresh start. You've asked him to start over many, many times. And it's like he didn't cause the fire, but he was in it. He did carry you through. The plans he has, they are good. And the call on your life and your husband's together has been there for a long time. And it's like he's going to thrust you into it now. You've come through the fire, and now you are in his consuming fire and wrapped in his arms. I want to bless you and bless what he is doing in your lives. He says this is a whole new time for you, a new season, and it's never too late. Get ready. He can take anything and turn it around for his purpose, she concluded. Another friend told me that God told her to tell us, you don't need all that old stuff. I'm going to make all things new for you. We know his ways are not our ways, and his plan for our life is way bigger than we can ever imagine. He is a good, good father and he knows how to give good gifts to his children. Our earnest prayer is that he will continue to use us and show us the path he wants us to travel on. We want to serve him and be a blessing and return to others as he has blessed us. We know he is not done with us yet, and that was, was what carried me through those five days that Archie was in the hospital. Because he brought us through the fire, I knew he would not let Archie die. Because he brought us through that fire, I knew he would not let anything happen that would interfere with his plans for us. He also taught us through this to hold on to the things of this world very loosely. They can be taken away in a heartbeat. We thank him every day for our new life, and we pray that he will give us the right words to say that will strengthen the believers that we know and draw the unbelievers to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. More names in the book of life is what we desire. So if you have never called on the name of Jesus to save you, there is no better time than right now. And Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself also in the way of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart.
Thank you all very much.